uh, they you know say we are not affiliated with any 12-step program this right. is just you know we're we're doing this on our own behalf there's no proceeds that we're not taking any money from this like okay. there's a little spiel um just so that everybody knows you know we're only sharing our experience strength and hope I'll be here in about 10 minutes. He had to stop at Aldi's. <laughs> That's one of the things I'm so grateful for. I don't have children at home. Yeah. I don't have to feed, I don't have to feed kids. No, not okay. at all. But I was telling him, and I'll share it with you. I, yesterday was the first time I went out to Publix and felt, felt petrified that I could get sick in that environment. Uh, I mean, people was and Publix to their credit. This particular store, they, did they add the down, they added the plastic thing? Uh, what? What? I don't know what you mean. Uh, by the cash register, where they have the person standing behind the oh, shield yes, now. They have the plastic thing, but now they put down blue tape on the floor, six feet apart. Yeah. You you're online. You've got to be behind the blue line. And and I thought that was pretty classy. And they were making announcements all over the loudspeaker every every couple of minutes about please maintain your physical distance and, and please be careful and please this. And I'm watching people congregate like it was Tuesday morning in the middle of the summer. I mean, yeah. it was, and, and I'm watching this woman, Alice needed hot dog rolls. So the brand she likes was, was not, was out of inventory. So I'm just going up the aisle as fast as I can. And I see Publix and I see they have hot dog rolls. And I go to and I grab a bag, and there's this woman touching every package. And I said, "What are you doing?" And she said, "Well," uh, uh, and I said, "They're all the same. They come out of a machine. They're all pre-made. They all get pre-packaged. A human hand does not touch these, and you're touching every package. I mean, this is you, you're 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 sharing disease." And she basically told me to go fuck off. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, you shop your way, I'll shop my way. Then I got online, and this woman brings her cart right up and hits me in the butt. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I was I was fit to be tied when I got out of that store. I said to Alice, "I'm not going back in unless you need one item." And if you need one item, I know I know that store like the back of my hand. So I'll run. I'll get the item. Okay, I took wipes with me, alcoholic wipes. I wiped down everything I bought in the store before I brought it in the house. It's a strange time. Yeah. Wearing a, wearing a mask, gloves, and carrying alcohol wipes to wipe off a package of food. Uh, that's when it really hit me. This is real. I mean, I could get infected just from going shopping. And I, it's not that I'm projecting fear, but it's reality that it's it's okay to be afraid of this fucking virus. Mm-hmm. That's not a character defect. That's not a lack of faith. I mean, that's reality. People are dying by the hour. I have a friend who's a New York City detective. I mean, they put a thing on, on the screen the other day. 1,500 New York City police people have been infected. 1,500 and, and a greater number of firefighters. Hang on one second. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's becoming, it's, it's very real. But then I, I, have a friend of, I have a friend of mine, a rabbi, who's a good friend of mine, whose son was studying 
in Brooklyn, and he and he's a teenager. He's like 17 years old. He was infected. Right, but uh, how, ma- how many people down in our area? Like, I get like New York, and and it's a it's a disaster up there, you know. But like, how many in like Coconut Creek or Margate? More by the day, Alex. Yeah, you're being as careful as you can, though. You know, it's like you're only I, going out at certain times. That's correct, and I can't be more careful than I can be. Have you changed your um, the times that you're the time that you're shopping to, like to kind of go at more random times, so like nine fifty-two? I haven't. I haven't. But Alice suggested that. Yeah, that's uh, the only thing that I've been trying to do. Because at first, like initially, I was like, "All right, I'll go at eight o'clock," you know. But then I, right. and and it's not super busy. There's really not that many people there. But then I was also thinking, like, well, on my day off, it's like, what about going at like ten eighteen? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, but well, Alice suggested ten sixteen. So you she? know, <laughs> yes. Um, only the really good shoppers go at ten sixteen. That, that's what she said, and she's a woman, so I wasn't going to argue with and her. And then I and then I saw Howard this morning, and he's in his house, and he's wearing his bandito mask, and he looks like he's ready to rob the three ten to Yuma. You know, and it's like you see people walking around, and then you got this whole thing with the, everybody saying like, "Now we got to wear masks," and it's like, well, now now well, the, I don't know. That's what they are saying. You see, I see my my only my only reliable resource for this whole thing is Fauci. Fauci said wear a mask. So Fauci says wear a mask. Wear a mask. Yeah. Fauci said to to, to you know hijack the 310 to Yuma. I would hijack the 310 to Yuma. I don't know. I'm thinking of starting up a t-shirt just to, just to getting that to that point that says fuck Fauci and sending and selling it to all like the right wingers, you know? There you go. <laughs> Got to get I mean, my but, money but in. That's, but that's <laughs> a good case. See, that's a good example. Last night they had video of people coming out of a church service in Ohio. I mean, yeah. Greens, I mean, thousands, hundreds of cars. And they had one of their reporters stopping cars, and people were adamant, okay, that they, the blood of Jesus is on them. And, and I'm not saying this because it would, could be Jews, it could be Muslims, I don't care who it is, okay, that they really believe that they are not infecting each other and that they are safe and they have no concerns. And, and finally, one person said, I understand both sides of the argument, but I feel safe and I feel this and I feel that, and I believe it's all going to be okay. And I'm saying to myself, well, go right ahead, and, and when you get sick, don't tell me that you, you, know, you should not have gone to church. I'm again, all about, I don't, I'm I don't about. want anybody listening to this to take out of this that I'm not saying there's something wrong with going to church. There's everything right with going to church, synagogue, mosque. Buddhist temple. I don't care where you go. Okay? Just, but this is a time where, I mean, how do you put yourself in harm's way? That's not faith to me. That's foolishness. It just brings up a lot of stuff in the history, right? Like the Holocaust or, or That's the cur- Great Depression does. or the Dust Bowl and the Potato Famine and, and, like, all these other things that, like, civilizations that just disappeared, you know? And, 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 we're so very fragile. I'm not, and it's, and I'm not knocking God or anything like that. That has nothing to do with that. It's just during like the Great Depression, you had all these, you know, 
preachers out there preaching religion because that's what people go to. I mean, even in the in the book The Decline of the Roman Civilization that was written in the, like the 1700s, they talk about in that book how religion is used to like keep the masses in control basically and organized, you know? Like that's, that's when th whenever during times of war is when the uh the Caesar or the emperor would pull out, you know, all the different gods and things like that and and so at like have your like for me it's like i have my trust in my higher power right but i also believe my higher power has given me intellect and wisdom enough to be like you know what maybe i'll shop at 1019 you know i got it but, i got it like I, I i just and when i see when you tell me something like that the cynical side of me is just like i'm just waiting for some for waiting for the report that one person in that church gets sick you know what i mean like i'm just waiting for that and that's just I don't know. It just seems kind of goofy. Like I said to a couple people that were like still hell bent about going to the rooms and, and that's what they want to do. I don't give a fuck. Do what you want to do. It's not my life. You know, um, I got my own bag of tricks that I got to worry about. But when I was talking to this person, I was like, dude, let me break it down for you this way. Hollywood shut down all the movies they were working on. OK, Hollywood. Now, this is a city that basically is run by money. Right. So they shut down every every single movie they're working on. They've taken those movies that were supposed to go in movie theaters that have all been shut down and put them on Amazon Prime so you could fucking watch them from your own home. Have you ever seen anything like this before in your life? No. It's like, if it's that big of a deal that Hollywood's like, we gotta stop making movies. You know, maybe it's mildly serious. Yeah. Yeah, how about that? I, I've taken the approach this last week to stop... Um, I mean, I, I literally had a COVID tracker spreadsheet where every four <laughs> hours I'd go in and track. You're not doing it anymore? The, uh, and I do it once a day. But the point of the matter is I was doing that every four hours. I'm watching news all day long in the background, reading all these articles. And you know what? If people want to go out and meet in a church, that's that's their choice. You know what yeah, I mean? I, who, I agree. Who am I to judge? Who, I'm not because spend... those those idiots that are going to go out and put themselves in public are going to yeah. sit there and touch something that I'm going to fucking touch. Well, the the point of the matter is, I have to look out for myself. I have to be cautious. I can't control what the two billion people in the world choose to do, and I'm not going to let myself get all bent out of shape out of it. I have to focus myself and my family now on the positive, spiritual things that keep us going day by day, and I have to protect them. And I've even told my wife that. She's no longer should be going, you know, to because we would both go to like the grocery store run and we put on our gloves and our masks. And it was kind of like our little fun thing to do. And I said, honey, right now, frankly, based on what I've read and what's suggested, let me just do that. You know what I mean? And just kind of trying to keep things simple and, and in perspective is what's keeping me sane, you know, today and on an hour by hour basis. I just came from Aldi's and it was the same thing. I'm hand sanitizing, packaging keeping social distance, picking up the, the bare, you know, the essentials that we need. That was the second time this week that I've been out of the house to a public place. So we go in, we buy everything we need. I go right at when the store opens. By the way, they have tons of toilet paper and, and paper towels. And, oh, really? Yeah, you just, you have to be smart. You, you know, if you go at three in the afternoon, 
on a Friday, you're probably gonna be there's probably think everything's gonna be sold out. Can I buy a paper towel off you? Did no, you I didn't. I didn't towels? buy any. Like, I didn't buy any like Frank <laughs> who's, who's selling it out Dude, of dude. Uh, Frank Coral fucking Springs. Frank sits there and calls me up and says, "Hey, I'm making a BJ's run. You want anything?" And he gives me eggs, three pieces of bacon, and toilet paper. You know how much it cost me? Sixty bucks. I totally got. <laughs> I got fucked. Totally. He you made know? a three hundred percent markup on that. He Plus did. The seven he totally did. And he did it smiling you. and telling me he's doing me a favor. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. With no no <laughs> lubrication doing you the favor. <laughs> That's what we call customer service. <laughs> but I love that I'm laughing about it. Like, what am I going to do? Drive myself nuts? But yep. no, dude, when you have a bunch of people getting together in a large group, whether it's church, whether it's college kids, whether Absolutely. it's, you know, it's... just anybody, like, do me a favor. When you're done with that, just fucking go home. Because you're not going to go home. You're going to go and do other things. You're going to go touch the gas pump. You're going to go fucking go and do this. Yeah. You're going to go go and do that. And you're going to do it all with the mindset that I'm not being affected. And you might not be affected because you may be carrying it and not be hurt by or it. Or there's a low mortality rate. Right? You know what so I mean? Like, also, you yeah. might live in like Podunk, Oklahoma. And I'm, I'm tired of hearing you know? the comment, well, the flu kills 50, you know, 20,000. Sorry, last year the flu killed 10,000 Americans. You know what killed more? But, but people guess, that told me the flu killed people. No, but That's guess what? <laughs> In the history of my living, and I'm 46 years old, I've never met anyone, known of anyone, been connected to anyone, or have like a cousin of a friend of a friend that's ever died of the flu. I've never, and I went back into my memory bank like, Oh, yeah, Sally, eight years ago, died of the flu. You don't flu. see that so on Facebook a I, lot. I don't understand how people say that, you know, oh, but no, I'm just saying like my own personal experience. But guess what? I know of through, you know, like my goddaughter's boyfriend's uncle, right? That's, yeah. that's a pretty good connection. He no, died that's what Mitch was saying of the you... coronavirus. You know, he got it in New York, went into a coma and died. Now, then I spoke to another guy on Thursday. He got it two weeks ago. He self-quarantined, and now he's doing okay. So it's definitely right. out there. I'm speaking to people. I'm talking to people. Um, but th th it's definitely uh, something. That's what Mitch was saying. It's yeah. like that you, you see people on Facebook that you know that you're tethered to. You know, like yeah. there's The interesting thing was this. It's like the dark comedy kind of side of things. Um, and I'm going off here, so you don't have to chuckle. But there was a guy at work that said he knew he had an acquaintance or he first said he had a friend of his that he just found out died from the coronavirus, and he sent a picture of the news storytelling, and there were like two or three people that said, oh, you know, so sorry. And he goes, well, he was just an acquaintance. And then literally the next, the next chat on this group chat that we have at work is this woman saying, puts up a picture of her dog and says, send your prayers because my dog died yesterday. And it was a deluge of people. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I just thought that was really, like, apropos to, like, okay, so here's this guy that says this human being died, you know, of, of COVID. And, and two people were like, oh, that sucks. Sorry. And then this woman posts a picture of her dog, and everybody's just like, irreplaceable, so young, you know. It's just like, it's, it's true. A, it's a dog, you know. But people It's just, true. They, Alex, I just sent you a text that I had seen on Facebook and I reposted and it was a great question that it, it, it was a text that oh, wow. basically showed you know, that if that if you walked outside and could see that would you go outside again no can you describe and the, the text because no. we okay, can't but, we... That's, but, but that that was very real because somebody that's what a joke looks like 
Okay. Yeah, it's a picture of New- for the listeners, you know, Mitch's listeners. It's a picture of New York City, and it's like a bunch of COVID viruses raining down. Instead of snow, think about snowflakes filling the picture, but instead it's little red viruses everywhere. Yeah, and and you know, it's it, that's what it's like outside, and we don't realize that. To bring that back into alcohol, real quick, um, there was a picture that somebody sent me, or I somebody uh, sent me a picture of like a riot or something, or somebody said if they could see their self will actually rioting would they want to riot with it and i just took a picture of like a riot after like one of the big hockey game wins up north or something and the streets like turned over cars are on fire and i'm like it doesn't really look that fun from the outside you know it really doesn't but like that picture is perfect because it's like no i mean obviously if we saw it we wouldn't go outside but if we saw it there we'd be people, doing other things like buying duct tape and plastic will. and putting it around our doors and making sure that but you there know. are people who will. That's the reality. They'll yeah. see that and they'll go, well, you know, I'll, I'll walk in between them. I can walk okay. in between them. That's correct. And there are people who will. I do a lot of line dancing and I can <laughs> sidestep. Yeah, my, my favorite quote of the week is a friend of mine posted, remember laughing at Michael Jackson wearing mask and gloves? Yeah, I saw that. Now yeah. you're all out here looking like you want to be starting something. <laughs> nice reference to the song, by the way, but I do not want to be Michael Jackson. That's correct. Unfortunately, the, the world is turning into that. It was amazing. And finally, you know, the cashiers have masks on and shields. You know, only well, three weeks after yeah, they've been three infected. Weeks late. Thank you, Publix. <laughs> it's like, come on. We've been telling you this for so a while. So my buddy, my buddy uh, Newhawk, who we play on Call of Duty with every now and then, he says he's, he's a hero because he's a wine distributor. And he's an essential employee. And his boss said, you guys are heroes going into the store. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. You know, you should put a like a plaque right next to the 9-11 firefighters. You know, like the real heroes are the wine distributors. Essential. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, alcohol consumption has gone up dramatically. There's nothing else to do for your, <laughs> as a normie. My brother asked me the other day, he goes, I drank a few beers last night when I was painting my house because he's stuck at his house just by himself. He goes, is that okay? I'm like, it's what you're supposed to do. You're like, you're painting. You don't have to work tomorrow. Have a few beers. If, if like, you said I drank a few bottles of Jameson last night, yeah. then maybe you got <laughs> he goes, a good. issue. <laughs> he, goes, I was talking to, he goes, he was talking to my sister, Kim, who's also one of us. And he goes, Kim, I'm, I'm thinking of having a couple beers while I'm painting, but, you know, I don't want it. I think that would be kind of weird just me drinking by myself. My sister's like, are you kidding me? I'd be going crazy right now. Do it. You know, he's like, all right, I'm doing it. <laughs> like, Once an alcoholic gives you permission, it's okay. Yeah, at that point, it's fair game. He's got his, his two siblings who are both in the program sitting there telling him, like, go out and drink, man. That's what you're supposed to do. I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you noticed or not, but the FBI reported there was a forty-one percent increase in gun purchases. There's also an increase in like domestic violence. Yes, I saw that. I saw a report on that. Not to bum us out or nothing, but yes, it's scary what what quarantine does to people's stability. Dude, I'd be losing Uh, my uh, shit if I lived with John and Kim. I'm just putting you it might out there. Be. I would be you losing might. my shit with two kids in the house and living on the couch. You might be. Oh, that'd be nuts. You might be. Uh, you know, it's 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 a time that requires us to be 
super diligent at maintaining some patience with ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, you know, Alice and I have our moments uh, and they pass, but they happen where, where, you know, she says something and I say something, she says something and I say something. And before you know it, uh, you know, one of us is leaving the room unhappily, um, but it doesn't last. And that's the good part. Right. Uh, you know, within 10 minutes, we're back laughing and talking and, and doing whatever else. Um, but it, it's I can't imagine having three kids or, you know, Abiel, I mean, you got your mother, your two kids, your dogs. I mean, it's. I, I, I just tip my hat to people who, who are really larger families than mine. I mean, our lives are fairly simple being just the two of us. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's there's nothing complex. Uh, I don't have to worry about lesson plans. I don't have to worry about homework. I don't have to worry about teaching my kids something. Uh, I have to worry about Danny being a thousand miles away. But but that's you know, that's what every parent does. So it's not a big deal for me. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I don't have to teach my kids anything because I have no idea what the heck they're studying. Yeah, my son really. asked me, "Can you help me with this advanced algebra?" And I look at it nope. and I feel like I'm dyslexic, <laughs> like like the beautiful mind when he's scrambling the images. I was like, "Holy shit! I have no. no idea what you're doing." But thank God you have good teachers and online tutors. I'll tell you what, son, I'm gonna play some Warzone. It's time for you there to figure you that out. You know, just you do. Abiel and I were talking yesterday about how teachers. I mean, what heroes they are, that they they had lesson plans finished for the year that they had to sort of just destroy and come up with new lesson plans that could get on digitally in video. Um, it's kind of the work that they're doing to, to educate children. And Abiel was, I mean, it was really cool listening to you because... You have one child that's got a ton of work, and you have the other child that had a ton of work, but because of his habits, he got it done in four hours and took the rest of the week off because the teacher didn't have stuff to stimulate him on a daily basis. It was just one, here's one dump, and he said, okay, thanks for the dump. I'll take care of it, and I'll be done and go ride my bicycle. And that's- Sonia, on the other, Sonia, on the other hand, has work every day. Right. Okay, and and, you know, it's... I don't know. Teachers, it's any service person. I find they're the real heroes, man. The teachers, the doctors, the nurses, the people that are working at the supermarkets. I mean, those are the real heroes. And and the teachers that are, I mean, at the end of the day, teachers are so overworked anyway. And I know a bunch of them, so I'm not just talking out of my butt. They are super overworked. And there's a lot of demand that's expected on them. And a lot of, a lot of teachers are, you know, they, they are, they're forced like they're they're implied that they're gonna fix you know problem kids and all the other stuff they're just human beings that are trying to do their deal but now just like everybody else that's working from home they're working from home managing the kids managing the house managing their life managing their work and trying to get the the lesson plans up it's just it's a lot to ask so i mean just the fact just the fact that our country is still moving forward on an educational level as far as like mass community like it's a real testament to the technology to the ingenuity and to the drive that we have to sit there and say okay we'll do everything from home and we'll get people on the internet and we'll do this and we'll do that and we're not eating each other well i think it's i agree i think it's going to finally lead us you know 
out of this Stone Age system of education that we currently have, which is absolutely, in my opinion, not effective. It's not even ranked in the top 50 globally where we study these, you know, 50-year-old textbooks, this old way of learning. And when in reality we have so much technology that doesn't require you to follow this, you know, basic outline of, of, of education. When you think about, like in my experience, like my daughter, she does four classes on a Monday, then another four classes on a Tuesday. So it's not like, you know, every class every day, five days a week. There's another high school that does four-day uh, school weeks, and they're off on Fridays, right? So when you think about it, the education that they're learning, a lot of the stuff that they're learning can be fully taught online. You don't even need to go into a, a classroom. I think school becomes more of, and this is what, you know, I've always talked about in the future, should include social development, you know, personal development, right? So that the content of what you're learning can be delivered online, almost like if you think about the movie The Matrix, you download it, you read it, you see it, you test it. Okay, now how do you apply that to becoming an adult? How do you apply that to becoming, you know, an individual that can communicate, that can manage, that can just function in whatever role you want to be in in life. And I think that's a lot of what kids learn in high school is that social aspect. Unfortunately, with the drugs and the shootings and the this, it's become almost, you know, like a nightmare of what it's supposed to be. But I think that as we look at the delivery of online education and what the effectiveness is and what the real use of high school could be in the future, I think it's going to transform us into a new new era of education, of how we, you know, deliver the content to our students. I hope so. And with that, we're going to bring in Ellen. Yeah, Ellen, so I have a, a dear friend of mine. Um, I call her the sister-in-law that I never had. Um, she was uh, Caesar's girlfriend many, many years ago, and he brought her into our lives, and she's always stayed connected with us. And, you know, I call her my sister. Um, I actually have a closer relationship with her than my actual sister, but um, she she actually used to be a school teacher in Chicago, went back to school and got her uh, master's in psychology, and up until recently was working at the equivalent of the DCF, the Department of Children's Family, for Chicago. So you can imagine, you know, the story she's she's been through, and she's got uh, either fifteen or sixteen years of sobriety. So I've been inviting her onto this for like weeks. Um, so give her a call yeah, let's give her, her a call and, and bring her in and see what's going on in Chicago. It means nothing. Hello. Hey, Ellen, what's up? Not too much. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm going to merge you in with Mitch, okay? Okay. All right. Is everybody on? Mitch, you on? Yes. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Mitch. How are you? Good morning. God bless. I'm okay today. Good morning, the sister-in-law that I always wanted but never had but now have again. <laughs> Oh, no, you always wanted to never have? No, always wanted, but never had, but no. now I oh. have again. Let's talk about how you always never wanted to have or always never. <laughs> Ellen, just to let you know, if you came on to this call saying you're going to leave in an altered state. That's okay. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> that's correct. That's okay. So I had this impression that all three of you were always in the same room at the same time. And we this... were. Okay. Now it's just we Alex were. and I. Yeah. Okay. okay. I will we're not six feet apart from each other. Sit in the room with them now, but we did. That's how it started. Okay. But okay. 
due to the epidemic, we're all taking precautions. Is that the situation? That's correct. Yes, I'm oh, sitting on Abiel's lap now instead of. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. I want a selfie of that. Yeah, I went to Mariano's this morning for a coffee, and they had taken away the self-service part of it. So the person behind the counter is now adding your your cream or your sugar or whatever it is. They were doing that so, at my job. Gloves where... and masks? I'm sorry? Ellen, were they wearing gloves and masks? No, but I saw gloves on the cashiers at a different grocery store yesterday, um, and that was new. Okay, when you go out, do you wear gloves and masks? A, um, no, I don't wear gloves, but I have them. And B, a lot of us don't have masks. I wouldn't know where to get them around here. I can't even find Lysol wipes. You know, yeah. I can't find antibacterial wipes. My brother's sending me an N95 mask. He got it for like uh, two years ago when he was fixing his basement. So he's sending me one. So I'm going to wear that when I go out, I guess. But Good. yeah, it's like we're selling one mask, one N95 mask on Amazon for like $83. Shoot. Yeah. But I already bought like a DVD for 60 bucks that my friends won't let it down. So I'm not going to buy a mask for 80, you know? <laughs> well, you know, and there's also um, a YouTube that I forwarded to some friends. It's got step-by-step -step instructions for how to make your own using a scarf. Right. Like, okay. I don't even do anything with, I wouldn't have a scarf. I what would I do with the scarf? I don't know. Do you think they'd but, let me, like, I just had this vision, like, now that they're saying just wear any type of mask because it's, like, by breathing and all these stuff, <laughs> I should cut holes out of a bed sheet and just walk into Publix like a ghost. You know? <laughs> Can I please it's have, Halloween all the time. Can I please have the Black Forest ham? <laughs> Boar's head. You've got a point. You've got a point. I don't know. Ellen, what's the mood amongst your friends? I mean, you have friends. You know what? I do have friends. Um, thank you for asking. I appreciate that concern. How many do you um, have? Uh, what's the mood? If you happen to have a friend, can Ellen, you, what's the mood like up in Chicago? Can you rank them? <laughs> um, I could, but I also talk to them more. Um, the mood is pretty much like, can you believe this is happening? This has gotten really scary. Um I think I'm not as scared as they are because I don't have little kids at home. I don't have to worry about um, going to work because I quit my job right before the pandemic. And um, excuse me, I need my coffee. Yeah, um, but Ellen, if you wanted to get working, like really wanted to, like I know that you can do that with your eyes closed at this time of day, this time and age. Well. I did. I applied to a place that I hope to hear from next week, mm -hmm. but it's not that simple anymore because, like, my kind of work is done. Mental health is done around places that don't want to hire. And I mean, you're around contained populations. Yeah. So anywhere with a contained population is not going to bring anybody on board. Like two nursing homes just said, "I'm sorry." we're going to stop hiring right now. Right. And one was going to give me a final call back. And now would you, do, can I, you do individual as well? Or you, you just, sure, sure. Okay. But getting into private practice isn't like one, two, three, there are clients at your door and where is your door? You know? So I like structure. I'd rather work at a place. 
but there are some specialized places that don't have the same cost risk thing and so i'm hoping like a place like that would work out but a lot of places private practices are working from home telehealth yeah they're all doing that and yeah, i know so, of a few people that have been trying to get appointments with therapists and they're just like slammed right now the amount of you know people and we were just talking about this earlier just you know whether it's domestic violence or increased in drinking and just you know the isolation and the quarantine is is affecting a lot of I people i think I just think it's a lot of fear. Yeah. I don't know if it's an increase in that. Um, but it's the same It's the same kind of fear, I think, that people have about Zoom meetings. You know, like, I, I don't know. I don't think I'll like that. It's different. You, you know, and then there's the same people like, and my therapist, I don't know how to deal with this. And telehealth is so weird. And, you know, it's that kind of, I'm looking at all the differences instead of the similarities. Is it fear or is it change? People just not liking change because they're so used to their habits. Well, change, but change based on a, a fearful premise. Got you know, yeah. nobody's ever seen this. The government is like writing in all these big headlines. Never before have we seen 6.6 people, million people claiming uninsurance when it was 3.3 unemployment, you know, benefit, claiming unemployment. And then it was 3.3 last week. So all of a sudden... That it it just perpetuates another cycle of fear. Yeah. So what are you doing to not like fall into the fear? You know, there's nothing I can do. I mean, I was already living this way. I think March 9th or 10th, I quit my job. Mm-hmm. And I was already self-contained. I live with two cats. They have their own stories. Um, And I had just taken a week to be lazy. My house is under contract. It it closes at the end of May. And I was expecting one more paycheck, which is already come and basically gone. But, you know, there's nothing I, I'm not living any differently. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think people are a lot kinder and a lot more cordial when I see them on the street. I take um, a long walk with someone in the fellowship almost every day for a few miles. And it's wonderful because we get to talk program. And if I don't talk to somebody in the program by noon, Mm -hmm. I'll go loony. But that's not different for me anyway. I always need that. So the other things are like just normal um, job hunting stuff. Um, Let's see, downgrading my AT&T bill because I don't need unlimited access. Nine gigabytes a month is enough. Uh, Let's see, going to my storage unit and getting rid of half the stuff I have, that's a process and it takes a long time. Um, I reach out to different people that I don't usually talk to and that's just family. I mean like distant relatives, Mm -hmm. just checking in. Um, 
there there's a lot I need to learn. I have a lot of online stuff to do and books to read about different kinds of therapeutic modalities. If I want to use big words that don't need to be used. And there are around here, this is a really bad thing to say out loud for most people, but what they think about it is not my concern. Um, there is a daily noon meeting that meets and that is live and in person. And no more than 10 people come to it. And there are some people that, well, one person in specific that I know of whose life depends on that meeting. And I'm glad it's there. Right. So that's how I keep busy. I don't know if I said anything very important, but I filled up a lot of your time telling you how. <laughs> you said modality. And now for a commercial break. Yeah, I, I did. That took a long time. <laughs> I find that um, staying plugged in is something that's helped. And I don't know if I'm not panicking um, through this whole thing because life is hasn't really changed for me that much, though, because I, I'm, I still have a job right now. I'm working from home. Um, so asking Alex to stay at home and not go out of his house really is not much of a problem, you know, because it's what I like to do anyway. Um, attending the 7 a.m. meeting, going through the daily reflection is giving me the same, you know, um, cycle or same, path, yeah. you know, repetition. Structure. It's, it's my structure. Exactly. Thank you. But last week, there was a somebody asked at my work, hey, is anybody interested in going to this different department? And immediately, the fear just came rushing in like, they're closing the building. I'm losing my job. I'm going to have to eat my cat. You know, just freaking out. And um, Wait, who asked if you wanted to go to a different department? Uh, the, the boss is at work. Oh. You know, because I'm on I'm on one department, and they're like, "Hey, do you, does anybody? We want to have a couple of volunteers from every team go over oh. and help handle some overflow calls." But I knew if I volunteered for it, which my first inclination out of fear was, "I'll do it," because I I act out of fear without thinking, and then next thing you know, I stepping on the toes of others, right, and getting hurt. I'm next thing, next thing you know, I'm in a I'm in a position that I don't want to be in, and now it's it's worse than it was before if I would have just trusted and paused a little bit. So instead of volunteering, I just I was like, nope, no thank you. Um, but then the fear came in. I was like, well, what if they turn around a week and a half or two weeks from now and they're like, hey, everybody's uh, let go. What do I do then? And um, and I just, you know, I, I can't think about that. I just have to do the, do you know, do my day. I just have to go through my day to the best of my ability. And what happens, happens. And... Um, and I think it's because of going to the program and having the foundation and reaching out to my sponsor and the fellowship and you know things like this that it, that's helping me keep my sanity. But I'm very clear on the idea that I have a job, I have pay coming in. I'm not worried about paying bills and stuff. Um, so my so I'm I'm a lot different than. 6.6 or 7.6 million people out there that filed for mm -hmm. unemployment, you know? And mm -hmm. so when I'm dealing with, you know, difficult situations or, or the news, like I have the luxury of not paying attention to the news right now because I, I get what I need. You know, I get, you know, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not so focused on it, but I'm also very real on the thought that it, it could be me tomorrow, but I, 
I don't know. I just, I, I can't live in fear. I just have to go through it day by day and just handle as it comes and trust that it's all going to work out, you know? But this whole bullshit about how we've never experienced this before. Yeah, you, me, Mitch, uh, Abiel, we never may have experienced this before, but pandemics have been around, dude. It's It's been around in China. We had SARS. We had, you know, all this other stuff that we've never been impacted by. It's just this time some people were asleep at the wheel, and now, now we have to deal with it, you know? Um, and I'm not discrediting or taking away from the people that, that passed away from it or are sick from it, but at the end of... <laughs> I don't know. I mean... We all have a clock, you know, like Mitch has shared before. You know, everything's mm-hmm. kind of predestined. I don't have to stress out about it. I don't know. That's how I'm thinking. I'm rambling now. Somebody else jump in. <laughs> Go ahead, Abiel. Make a speech. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you if we, sorry, if we lost sorry. Mitch because you were so quiet. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with what Alex said. I mean, I, I try to live in the moment. Um you know, keeping all that, like, and I mentioned this earlier, keeping every everything in perspective and just being plugged in. I'm not OCDing on the news and, you know, everything that's read. But it's, uh, I remember weeks ago, we had our first podcast. We talked about this on March 7th. And we said, hey, there's 300 cases in America. Let's keep an eye on. I think it'll hit 500 Monday. And then it just like took off from there. And um, so it's Abiel's fault. <laughs> you heard it here first. Everybody. No, and I remember that morning I was we went out. We did we our Saturday breakfast. breakfast. There was like twenty of us at the table, and I'm sitting there like, guys, you know, Corona. And people are like, ah, oh, Corona. And I remember this one guy said, I won't. I'll mention his name. Danny's like, yeah, you know, Corona ought to file a lawsuit because it's really damaging their brand. I was like, dude, shut the hell. Was that the day that you were like, there's two cases in Broward and people are like, it'll never come here. It'll never come here. Don't worry about it. We're in Broward, stupid. It's already here. (laughs) But it's, uh, and then I, you know, it's, uh, am I disappointed about not having the, the weekly lunches with Mitch and getting together with my friends and going to the movies and dinner and all that stuff? Yeah, but I use the time to reflect and, have uh, done a hell of a lot of cooking lately um, and started doing some biking as well with my son. My son, he got a, a bike on Wednesday, and literally three times a day he's going out there biking, So, which is it's good. so great. Yeah. yeah. Last night he drags me out at 8 o'clock. Dad, you got to go. So, <laughs> and you did. And I did. And I did. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so sure. much better than sitting inside. And... Dude, he's like my personal coach. Like, Dad, you've been sitting on your butt all day. You're going to get fat. <laughs> you know, you got to exercise. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, son. You should buy yourself a Harley, you know, and then go out. And then <laughs> like, like an electric moped. Just follow, <laughs> just him, follow him around, you yeah. know. Like... <laughs> or a Segway. Hey, the deli that you guys eat lunch at, do they still have uh, pickup service? Because a Mid- lot of yeah. our... Okay, so... Just a thought, Abiel, you could get a meal there and, I don't know, get one for Mitch if you wanted to. Drop it off. And then you could, like, Skype or Zoom and you could both eat while you... I'll be in the driveway with a radio over my head and he'll be in the window <laughs> looking down at me. <laughs> well, no. Ellen, Ellen, it's, it's a great idea, but we can go Same better than it. that. We can go pick up meals at this deli 
and sit in the parking lot with our cars next to each other talking on the phone. Like the cops. <laughs> like all side okay. by side. And, like... I, and I've said that. People can have tailgating parties, just can't get out of the car. But you can get 20 friends that meet in a parking lot with food and drink and whatever else, okay? And they could sit in their car with their phones on and their engines running and the AC on, and they could talk to each other, smile at each other, wave to each other. Okay, I mean, they can do whatever they, they can have. And that's why I've, I've shared on this podcast, I really don't like the language that, 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 that we're using about, it's not social distancing, it's physical distancing. It's not You're absolutely we're not isolating. Right. Not isolating. We're on the phone. We're 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 communicating on Facebook, on Twitter, on on LinkedIn, on on. Yeah, LinkedIn. you're right. You're okay, absolutely right. We're not right. isolating. I mean, you're, you're out. You take a walk. You're, I mean, yeah. You're not isolating. We use such negative language to yeah, describe things that you're right. if you weren't feeling bad before we started using that language. You're going to feel worse after using it. So it's not. I mean, Abiel and I could do that. And Alex could, I mean, the three of us could do that. Yeah, yeah. Although Mitch has okay, been isolating yeah. himself from the 7 a.m. Oh, lately. Zoom meetings. What? 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 <laughs> what? I just don't find online meetings, for me, real helpful. I'd rather have an hour-long conversation with somebody on the phone uh, or have, have a podcast converse, conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. Not necessarily live where other people are listening, but just have Abiel, Alex, and I on the phone. And yeah. just have a three-way conversation for an hour. That, to me, has more benefit than being online. Um, yeah, I'm very self-conscious when I sit here. I, I have an organization I'm on the board of, and we had a video board meeting the other night. And and I was really self-conscious about how I looked and how I was seated and, and what my face looked like and where I was yeah. using my hands and picking my nose. And, 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 you know, it's and this is the stuff I do in meetings normally face-to-face that I never think about. That was yeah. like yesterday yeah. at, at work at my office. We were interviewing for this marketing coordinator position, and I hope he never listens. But so the guys on on we got Zoom right, and he's and we're all sitting back like in our desks, and he's got this weird angle of himself. He's got this shirt and this tie, and the only thing I can think about the the whole time is this big herpes like bump he's got on his bottom lip, and I couldn't get my eyes off of it. I was like, dude, you know you're not doing well. Because every not. time he'd talk, it was like the thing moved, like had its own mind of its own, you know? That's like, brutal. Dude, man, you got to choose a different angle. Like, yeah, like aim the camera from the top or something. Is there a way you can reverse mirror your uh, yeah, camera exactly. there? So. Uh, but, but I, I mean, I get out. I, I get out. I'll get into the car. I'll get out onto the highway. I'll open the sunroof. I'll turn up the music. And I'll take a 25-minute, 30-minute ride. I'm not exposing myself to any any risk. Okay, it's it's a way of getting out, spending some time outside, getting some sun, um, and then I come home. Uh, but when I go into a store, I'm I'm with gloves, I'm with masks. Yeah, uh, I have alcohol, alcohol swabs to, to to wipe off the boxes before I bring them in the house. Um, yeah. Whether, yeah, whether I'm being overreactive or not, I don't analyze. I just do it. Yeah, that's why I think. I don't, yeah. I don't give a shit what other people think about how, what I'm doing. Okay. So, I, so here's my question, and I love what you said. We should call it physical distancing instead of social. Not social distancing. Right. Exactly. Or social isolation. We could. We shouldn't call that. It, it, call it that. But, like, 
I agree with you, Mitch. The best meetings are small. And, you know, like I can talk with my sponsor for ages now. I can talk to her for lengthy amounts of time. And I love that because now I can do the work that I, that is like at the core of my issues, I feel. And it's, it's, it's great to have this time for me because I want to deal with this and I've never had this opportunity before. Correct. Sponsors are always running. Sponsors are always running and you fit in 15 minutes here, five minutes there. But now you have an hour and then you can talk. And, you know, when I have conversations over the phone with, you know, a sister in the fellowship, I can talk about what I'm trying to do and I can find out what they're, you know, what I'm, this is an opportunity for me more than that. But I always wonder if I'm, if I'm like, I don't know. I don't know the better word than cheating or breaking some kind of unwritten law by thinking that these conversations are meetings or they're just conversations. Because to me, it's almost a meeting, you know, when we can have that in-depth talk, when we can be on the phone that long. I think it says it in the book. I think it says in the book if two or more alcoholics are in. Discussing yeah, this, this is a meeting. a meeting. What we're doing right now is a meeting. Well, that's how I feel. You know, we don't have that's to. How read. I feel. Okay. Absolutely, I, I agree. This podcast every week. I get the I get the opportunity to sit with two men who I adore and love and are grateful for, and I have a private audience with these two guys. I don't have to worry about a fourth person. See. Today, you're disrupting my whole balance, okay? <laughs> so, go take a walk on the Windy City, okay? Um, but, but, I mean, I love that every Saturday, it's the three of us sitting in a, in a room when, when we were, or even on the phone, and the three of us are just rapping about life and recovery. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. I get off yeah. the phone, I'm high for, the, like, the next five hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just glorious. And I mean, I check in with Alex and Abiel on a daily basis, uh, you know, either via text or, or via phone. Um, I have other people who I've never spoken to on the phone before that I now talk to at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. I have people that I, 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 I had had the impression of being a certain way because of how they shared in meetings. And I'm finding out how insecure and, and fragile they are. And, and I'm finding out others that I thought were insecure and fragile, how strong and healthy they are. This is a great yeah. opportunity. I think this is going to redefine how we do meetings going forward. I think Zoom, I mean, if you didn't buy stock in Zoom, it's a shame. But um, I think Zoom and other platforms are going to demonstrate that you can stay sober without walking into a room. And you can find meaningful sobriety in other ways than walking into a room. And I I shared with Abiel that there's been a lot of newsprint on LinkedIn and other platforms highlighting how effective the lifestyle of recovering people is to getting through this pandemic and how positive Alcoholics Anonymous and other fellowships are. There's been a lot of newsprint about how, how we benefit from this lifestyle at a time like this, by having faith, by having patience, by having options, 
by having choices, by having communication. And, and so when I hear them talk about socially isolating and social distancing, I want to scream at them and say, you're yeah. creating mental illness. Yeah, yeah. If you have a telephone of any kind, you're, you're not isolated unless you choose not to talk to somebody. Right, right. And, you know, there's this um, Facebook club or group, I don't know what you call it, called Friends of Bill and Bob. Yes. Okay, so I've noticed in the posts that people who are new to the program are suffering. They, they are not doing well with this kind of physical distancing. And you can comment and some people once in a while send a zoom link other times it's just words of encouragement and i think people would be of service to others to look at those comments and you know do the best we can to um uplift them or join them or do something because they're not calling if they're writing they have a phone. Well, I, I understand that. And I do a ton of Facebook posting every day. And I, and I provide links to every platform that I find online, whether it's New York links, whether Chicago links, whether it's Massachusetts, whether it's England, whether it doesn't matter where it is. I will put it out there as a resource for somebody to choose to use. I also provide a lot of very positive, spiritual, uplifting and I also provide reality, which is if you're feeling the following feelings, you're doing pretty well because you're healthy. And this notion that we're supposed to know how to get through this is bullshit. Well, back in the day, back in the day, right there, there wasn't meetings every day and twice a day. They'd meet, you know, once a week or whatever the you know the frequency well, but of that it. Whatever they could, yeah. But they would but phone they, each other. Knew... People would walk right, around but... with pocket full of dimes, and they would always say, "Call, call, call." You know, now That's we can correct. call, we can text, we can Facetime, we can Zoom. We can. I just had this you know thought I mean? in my head of like Zoom, Zoom sponsor, like Zoom temporary sponsorship. Like everybody could set up a Zoom link if you want well, to. You just put your yeah. And I think what it does for us is as as you know, that are in recovery is it shows us that, you know, that like Mitch, you just shared, you don't, you know, recovery isn't only available in the rooms, but it's okay to pick up the phone, to FaceTime someone, to Skype someone, maybe that you haven't seen in a while or that moved out of the area or that you're now talking to on a regular basis and that you, you can get just as much out of that as you can, you know, from going into a, into a room. The tools are there, yeah. and if somebody wants to take the action, like that's part of the, like for me at least in my sobriety, is it's the willingness and the action. I can post the thing on Facebook saying like, oh, life sucks, and I can't believe, and I'm having trouble with this. But if there's if there's tools available for me and I'm not using those tools, that's on me. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm a big believer in like there's got to be a little bit of self-will. Like I can't have my sister open the uh, open the door for me and kick me into the rooms. i got to be able to open the door myself and come in. And if... You know, right now, like when with people posting stuff on Facebook and things and sending Zoom links, I, I'm kind of interested in the like, well, how many people are clicking on the Zoom link? How many people are mm -hmm. taking the action mm -hmm. to reach out? Like, I'm not going to yeah. give some stranger my phone number so that they got my, I don't know who they are. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'll, you know, like, hey, have the Zoom link. I'll have a private chat with you and see, you know, we'll talk. You know, and there, I, don't uh, think I think that's a great it. idea. I also would like to acknowledge what Ellen said because. I know from my experience that I'm somebody with time. Um, I know that there are people that I know really well 
and you described this before about people who need that face-to-face contact at the meeting in Chicago that has 10 people. There are people that will not know how to function without the physical contact. And these are not people that go to meetings and raise their hand and share. These are meetings that people go to just to have, hello, how you doing? Mm-hmm. It's good to see you. They don't say a word. I mean, I, I'm not going to use names, but there sense. are people from our home group, 441, that have, I have 32 years, they have 33, 34, 35, 40 years. They come into a meeting, they just sit there, and they chat with the person next to them before the meeting, and they're quiet during the meeting, they don't raise their hand, they don't say anything, they don't do anything. After the meeting, they chat for a few minutes, and then they leave. They not, they're not going to go home. You know, in, in some ways, and Ellen, thank you for, for bringing it up, because it reminds me when my father was still alive and we would have breakfast on, on a Wednesday morning, and, and, and one Wednesday morning he said to me, I'm not sure I can stay very long because I have an appointment coming. I said, who do you have an appointment with? And he said, somebody's selling him an HMO. I said, but you and mom just signed up with an HMO last week and said you were happy. He said, yeah, I know, but uh, I don't want to hurt the guy's feelings. And and I said, give me the phone number. It was Humana. And I, and I realized after I made the call why he couldn't cancel the appointment. He could not deal with the prompts on the telephone. This was a generation now where, where people had to say, well, thank you for calling your manor. If you know your party's extension, please you know, put in the number now. If not, press 1, press 2, press 3, press 6, put in your Social Security number. My father couldn't do that. So it was easier for the person to come to the house than it was to cancel the appointment. So I mm-hmm. called and said, hi, this is Mr. Feld. And, you know, my father's not mm-hmm. going to be there today. We'll call you if we need you. Thank you so much. Okay, but I look at people at the meetings with time who love what they get in the room. They can't function in sobriety without the room. Mm-hmm. They're lost mm-hmm. because they live alone or they don't have the, they don't have the knowledge technologically. I mean, I, I am technologically challenged. Other people think I'm a technological genius. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I'm not. I mean, I mean, Abiel and Alex will tell you, anytime they propose something, I say, just put it on my wall, put it on my phone. You just, you, I'll, I'll plug in. You just tell me when to call, but you take care of the technology because I can't do it. Alice will ask me to do something. I can't do it. When it says well, we're using a link now for some sort of application that documents can be uploaded, I, I go into a state of panic. So I can only imagine somebody who has relied for 35 or 40 years on the 12 o'clock meeting every day to sustain them socially not having that option now, they're lost. Yeah, I remember the phone call a couple of years ago from you, Mitch, when you thanked me for recommending you to switch to iPhones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were a Galaxy fanatic. You're like, nope, nope, I love my Galaxy. I'm not switching, I'm not switching. And then one That's day, it. Now I found out that the iPhones is as much a piece of shit as the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter freaking phone freezes 14 times a day okay um but 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 it's there really is compassion for that person who that person is isolated ellen well this this person you know the person specifically is a woman with a husband and two kids and she she she, she's um from another country and she's completely assimilated and 
she has a sponsor and she was sober and then she started relapsing, relapsing, relapsing. She had two DUIs and this, you know, this respectable young woman had to go to prison for supposedly three months, but she got out after six weeks and she's had the same sponsor and she tried to do what her sponsor suggested. Obviously it didn't work. I mean, she was drinking rubbing alcohol and Hmm. almost dying. Like within minutes of dying, if Ah. the paramedics hadn't come and she had done this several times and she loves her kids as most moms do. And finally, after jail, after relapsing one more time, she's she's changed her program. And it's I think she has a fighting chance now because she's she's doing what she needs. She she's doing it her way with the same sponsor, but she's doing what she needs to do her way and what she needs is a face-to-face meeting on a daily basis so most of the group around here most of our meetings are in the evening well if they're not there then she's going to go to the noon meetings and somebody picks her up and drives her every day because guess what she doesn't drive Mm -hmm. and um you know we all love her everybody and it's, you know, it's wonderful to hear her authentic self. But it's whatever works for her. It's People very have hard. It, yeah, and, and e- even as we are supposed to be non-judgmental, a lot of people wince or somehow express judgment when they find out that there's a live meeting. Again, I think it's, it's, it's the, it's, it all comes down to like the, the, so there was an incident that happened at at the meetings that I was going to in the morning at 7am where people were starting to be, um, confrontational. No, they were trying to be distance. They were, they were, they were respecting the distance between each human being. Like, so, it, we weren't on top of each other, even though there were a good amount of mm-hmm. people in the room. It's like there was still amount of space. Six feet, four feet. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. You know, there's just a space. Like, I got my bubble. Don't come into my bubble. And there's two people came in that I'm not big fans of. They sat right next to me. And immediately I got mad at myself because I didn't have the balls to get up and sit in a different spot. And it's because of that that I know me. And I don't trust me to not get up and get myself out of a situation that I decided I'm going to not go to the 7 a.m. anymore until after all of this stuff is done because I don't want to go. Um, I'm a big believer that, you know, yeah, everybody needs to be cautious. We talked about the church before you got on about there was a mass with a bunch of people going to church and it's like, oh, I can't believe it, blah, 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 blah. I'd have no pro- I don't have a problem with people going to meetings. You want to go to meetings, go to meetings. But it's like, I think the fact that there's so many people attending like online meetings and stuff, it's giving those noon meetings an opportunity to be there for people because there's like 10 people that are showing up. 
So it's not like 30 people showing up all sitting in one small room. You know what I mean? So it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's working itself out like the, yeah. my higher power has a plan, dude. He's got it all figured out. The people that don't want to go physically will go on the phone and they'll figure out the technology and they'll do it. And the people that don't won't. And when the pain gets great enough, they'll end up going back to the rooms or they oh, they'll mm-hmm. end up drinking and guess what? They'll hopefully go back to the rooms. It's like I don't have to figure it out and play guessing game and like, cause part of me, when you're sharing what you're sharing, I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, fuck it. I should be going to, I should be going to face to face meetings. You know what I mean? And I, cause I'm just that, you know, I got to latch myself to somebody who sounds really good kind of person, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. just call me every hour. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying like, you know, what works for you works for you. If you, you know, do, do your deal, man, you know, but be safe about it. You know, yeah. don't, don't like. Like, don't sit right next to another individual. And if you and if you're coughing and you're not feeling too hot, stay at home. But more importantly, if you really need to talk to somebody, pick up the fucking phone. You got the numbers in your phone, you know. Yeah, I've learned to just what I've started doing is instead of passing judgment, just focus on my own self and just (laughs) sheer gratitude, sheer gratitude that I can, you know, just find peace and. I'm attending more meetings now than I ever had, even when I first came into the program. I'm doing two a days and have been doing that for almost three weeks, and it's awesome. And and I love the uh, the commitment. I love the responsibility, and I love like what Mitch shared before. Just uh, I've really gotten to know people. Um, some people that I've you know used to only see in meetings. Um, one person that I thought was a guy, the name was because I'd always see it on the board. <laughs> and I'm not going to say their names to not get offended. And I'm like, oh, that oh, this is actually a woman. <laughs> and it's been great to have them. Um... Alex is a universal name. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, Abiel, is your son teaching you the male anatomy? Uh, no, no, no. He's teaching me uh, about video games <laughs> and patience. But um it's uh it's been great and and I like the fact that I can just you know not again I was I would catch myself chiming in because you know early on that same discussion that um, Alex mentioned about our home group there was people still going to the meetings and I was sending text messages because we'd get we'd jump on the 7 a.m telemeetings and then we'd get these other couple guys I'm here in the rooms and it was like you know, one defiance over the other. But the thing, those were people that would call you after the meeting and then they talk to you. <laughs> they take up 30 minutes of your day telling you how they're not going to meetings anymore. And then yep. the next morning, there's, they're at the fucking meeting. Yeah. So. Yep. so I think what, 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 what bothered me was that the room we're talking about specifically, the trusted servants had made a decision to close the room. In their best wisdom, the trusted servants made a decision to close the room. Yep. And then a group of people decided to call a locksmith and have the lock changed and, and open the room. Yep. And to me, that was that was just acting out childish behavior, number one. Okay? I mean, Broward County had, had issued an order. Um, it was not yet on a full lockdown, but it was on a partial lockdown. The Dunkin' Donuts next door to this room was now only doing takeout service. You know, you could not sit down and eat in Dunkin' Donuts. See, that's uh, when you know it's serious, when Dunkin' Donuts is... <laughs> well, exactly. That, that, that happens Shit. to be true, Ellen. That happens to be true. No, but I know it's true here, too. 
But seriously, so what, that is serious business when you can't is. even go into That's a Dunkin' That's what I was Donuts. saying earlier, Ellen. I'm like, this is like businesses are closing. Like, why would Dunkin' Donuts as a business say, shut all your stores if it wasn't serious? You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's know. what bothers me. When people, when, when, see, if, if, if nobody had made a decision, I would say, okay, you want to go to a meeting, go to a meeting. But I really, I really got pissed at people that changed the locks and defied the trusted servants. The trusted, the whole idea of having the traditions is to pay attention to what your trusted servants make decisions about. You don't like it, come to a business meeting and, and, and offer your opinion and see if you can change their mind. But otherwise, follow the rules. I mean, I, and I'm and I'm and I'm being highly judgmental in that respect, and I'm okay with myself with that, because it's the rules, my following the rules, that's keeping me healthy and safe right now. And the traditions. If I was are still in the group. mindset of acting out and being defiant, and I've talked with many people, including Alex and Abiel, about what it would be like if we were still drinking and drugging. We'd be outside screaming, yelling, playing, you know, going to party, knocking on doors, saying, how you doing? We'd be hugging and kissing and saying, oh, fuck <laughs> this disease. It's not going to get me. Okay, right. but it's because you've taught me to follow the rules. Those, those rules have kept me sober. and They've also kept me alive. And they're keeping me safe at a time like this. Because you've taught me to have respect for, for something I may not comprehend, but to accept it and have respect for it. So when they... When they just sort of ignored the trusted servants and changed the lock and were so defiant about it, I, I really just, I don't know, I lost it. I was highly judgmental, highly critical, and highly expressive on a Facebook mm -hmm. thread to the point where I left the two groups on Facebook that dealt with this particular clubhouse. And, and like good alcoholics, one of the people picked up their coffee pot and started a new group on Facebook, okay, uh, that, that hopefully was dedicated to not rehashing what took place, but by being of service to people on a daily basis. Um, you know, there's one thing a person who, and I said this before, the person who truly needs to be in that room to exist. I respect that person going. The person who's just defying an order Mm -hmm. And making a, a platform statement, I have no patience for that person. Because mm -hmm. that person's going to get me to drink. I mean, I just, I, I have absolutely no respect for them and no patience for them. And, and you can take my inventory all day long. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm as flawed as the next person. What I say is not gospel. It's just my experience that there are two types of people that ask a question. One who wants to know the answer and the other one that wants to argue with you. Yeah. Okay. And that's the kind of people that, you know, will we'll open the rooms and go to them to defy, to defy. Doesn't matter what the mayor of Chicago says. Doesn't make, doesn't matter if what the mayor of Broward County says. The rooms have to be closed. Well, I'm going to open it. I know what I can do. I don't buy that stuff. So that's, you know, what can I tell you? It took an hour and 15 minutes for, for me to get there. Uh, yeah, tell us how you really feel about that. Well, next. that was great. Uh, we'll be here next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll just end it on that. You know, just bloop, bloop. No, people are listening. People will hear. No, this. it's yeah. It makes okay, sense. Okay, I don't care. You know, people are free to publish things. I mean, my my ass. I mean, Mitch, somebody... you said the same thing I said to some of the people too. I was just like, you know, you're opening the rooms because you want to open the rooms. You're not opening the rooms because. The group conscience was to open the rooms. You're opening it because 
you know, person A, person B, person C wants to open the room. So do it. You know, if you want to do it, do it. But, you know, if you get sick and you bring it home to your family, I don't want to hear it. But I see that was the part that made me nuts <laughs> because one of the people has newborn children at home. I'm saying to myself, you know, and I said it on Facebook, I said, you have kids under the age of five. You have two or three kids under the age of five. What are you doing? I mean, where is your sense of parental responsibility? Where is your sense of caring about their well-being? You're going out into a public place that you, you're increasing your risk of being affected, and then you're going home and picking up your child and hugging them and kissing them? Give me a break. I understand the 75-year-old person who has no place else to go and needs that social contact. But a 35- or 40-year-old person who has absolute accessibility to all the technology that's available and still chooses to put themselves at risk and then put their children at risk, I have no respect for that. The no. problem is Zoom doesn't run when my TikTok's running. You know, if they could figure ah. out when my TikTok's running at the same time, I'd be fine. I wouldn't have to go to meetings. <laughs> uh, Ellen, this has been great having you on the call. It's so good to hear your voice. It's so good to be on the call. And Abiel, I really wasn't trying to get out of responsibility. Are you kidding it's me? Really it's been five weeks. Day. You've been blowing me off. No, it's <laughs> this is the third week. And okay, good, it was good. a great way to start the day. Thank you, Rabbi Mitch. And thank you, Alex. And I hope that I get to come see you guys in person one day soon. Well, once I you, hope once, so, too. Once you sell the yeah. house, tickets to Florida are really cheap these days. You should buy some. I got my ticket to I, China. Are you serious? <laughs> no. Not to China, <laughs> but tickets to Florida are cheap. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The peak expected in um, Chicago is expected, well, I'm sorry, it's expected to recede at the end of May, so maybe. I don't know what Florida says, but you can Ellen, let me are know. are you on sometime. Facebook? Not often. Yes, yes, it's Betty Ellen Lazar, or Betty Ellen Fox, or Betty Ellen, I don't even know. When you figure My, out your but, name. But she's on Facebook, she's on Facebook as often as you're okay. on the 7 a.m. Zoom meetings, so that doesn't happen very often. Oh, Abiel, it never happened. Second, second attempt. <laughs> Failed both Ellen, times, Abiel. You, Ellen, when you figure out what your real name is, let Abiel know so I can send you on Facebook. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Right. It's Ellen Page Fox Force Fox. No, hang on. I'll get it. Hang. Ellen Don't Page. Know. I'm just kidding. No, I'll, oh, I'll send yeah. you her. Uh, I'll give it to Abiel. I'll send it to you, Mitch. <laughs> Don't worry. Exactly Ellen's getting all quiet. I'm just waiting to see like she's going to try. Ellen, how are, you, how are your boys? I haven't heard you mentioned them they're great okay they're great good stuff. they're both fine thank you for asking awesome awesome all right i would have asked but i didn't know and your brother the the number eight he, smartest guy in the country really yeah he's like no. he, he reads no. it. no. it's einstein and then her brother get out of here stop it no no um i think he's, this would be cool for mitch he's he's like this um environmental economic consultant um it's really neil degrasse tyson right you're neil degrasse tyson's sister is that what it is i wish but you know common sense is not common it doesn't run in our family but the really smart kind does and so he's like absent-minded but he's he's incredible but so is his wife i mean she's the smartest person i know and man she is beyond but anyway they're both fine um 
my son, my younger son is with my brother. Uh, my older son is in Delavan, Wisconsin. And um, yeah, thank you for asking. Good stuff. That's it. And I know how your kids are because I keep seeing them on Facebook. So thank you for taking pictures all the time. And Alex, I'm sure your kids are um, fine since you probably don't have too many. Yeah, yeah, that he's uh, aware of. He's got I've this got little it. Mexican kid in yeah. L.A. that yeah. touches beef. Some guys walk. Some kids walk around looking like me. Junior, like what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, it's a pool that has a glass bottom. Um, That's funny. Well, no, I have I have one cat and he's fine. He's an asshole, and so he's doing good. See, I thought you had a feline, and I'm I'm uh, staring at my black cat James Brown right now. Oh, I have oh, a cool. black cat named Don Cheadle. That's so weird. <laughs> oh, I don't know. His name's Snickers. His name's Snickers. <laughs> Wait. Well, I'm what did you in the park? Wait. Um, Mitch, what did you say your cat's cousin Wesley? My cat's name is Joey. Joey. Okay. He's a tuxedo okay. cat. Oh yeah. My sister has an autistic uh, tuxedo cat. She's oh my god! Okay. Crazy uh, is that the one that is how that the one that determine... plays the piano on YouTube? Yeah. How do they determine? No, 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 no. She, she's just what spectrum of autism is She's just convinced he's autistic. <laughs> anyway, um, I know Mitch. You have a family too, so I hope they are doing well and safe. They are doing well. Thank you. My cat's okay. autistic. <laughs> My son, okay, Mitch, My son is in New York, and he's locked down. But is he in Manhattan? Yes. Oh, my. Yes, but he's locked down. He's an attorney, and the courts are closed, so he, he's got all his stuff at home, and his fiance is an administrator of an OBGYN practice Ooh. at the Rockefeller Center, so she goes to work. Right. Um, but now they're, they're, you know, she, she works every other day. She works half days. Uh, but we are concerned about him. Um, so hopefully she'll be okay. So thank you for so. asking. Sure. Thank you. So right, question, well, I gotta go. Okay, I have one more question for next week's topic. Sure. Um, if somebody wants to divorce someone, just for an example, what happens if the courts are closed? They what happens an, if they have they put an advertisement in the newspaper, and if they don't respond within a certain amount of time, it's recognized. <laughs> that's, that's for real. That's down at least down here. I know people that have done that. All right. For like the right. Right. Okay. So, Ellen, next Thanks week, next week, I, I hear a commitment. Do you want to divorce somebody, Ellen? Is that why you're asking? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I know somebody who's who's in the middle of court proceedings for a divorce, and she's like, "Well, what's going to happen to this if the courts are down?" I believe in every municipality, including Manhattan, there are certain procedures that the courts are open to processing. I don't know what they are. Okay. But I know when I was talking to Danny, he said that the courts are closed to general public and to general operating principles and procedures, but they are open for certain other kinds of specific things that need to be filed in a timely way. It'd be funny so if I like, don't know what I don't know what Chicago's doing, but that's what's going on in Manhattan. It'd be funny if like the old laws kicked in, where it's like you have to bring the tax man a fish and a gold <laughs> coin <laughs> and a mask. sack by by uh, the wolf hour. You know the the hour of the wolf. You know, and, like all the old laws kick in. You know, you're like, I don't know. That's what I got. All right. 
Well, thanks, Bye, Ellen. Thanks, great. Mitch. Have and thanks, Abiel. Thanks, all of you, too. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Be well. Bye. You I'm too. Alex. All right, guys. This is Nash. This is our closing song. So long. <laughs> we're not paying copyrights. <laughs> no, so we're, we're leaving it in. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>